and welcome to Unashamed, a Smut Lovers podcast where we just want to talk to you about smut. I'm Courtney. And I'm Kelsey. All right. And it is our monthly favorites March episode. There's not like a whole shit ton like some months we have. No, we stuck to basically a couple of different authors this month. Yeah. So I read a lot of books, but like almost all the same authors. <laughs> um, you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Uh, you know what? You can go ahead and go first because I need to know. I need to categorize. Okay. So I read the Water, Air, Earth, Fire series by Riley Nash or what's out so far by Riley Nash. Um, because I got all the way to the last book that was out and the next book wasn't out and it was devastating to me because this series was really fucking good. And I don't know why I put off reading it for so long um lots of emotions i don't remember all the hairy details but like each book follows a different couple it's male male but each book follows a different couple and it's like very loosely connected to the one before it so if you wanted to read any of these books as a standalone you absolutely could you don't have to read the ones prior to get it but you'll just get like a hint of the next book's characters in the one before it if that makes sense so um yeah because i was like reading it and i'm like who the hell are they even gonna have the next book about but it's just like very loosely connected so the first one is water and the one guy was a swimmer and some shit blew up and he like kind of became a hermit and the other guy had like trauma as far as water was concerned and it turned into like a fake dating situation i don't want to go too into detail about any of them because there's three of them but um lots of emotions in all of the books really really good the second one um, was Earth and, or no, Air, sorry. Second one was Air. And it was the lawyer from the first book. It was his book, and it's an opposite a track. They meet on an airplane, and the second main character has like, some issues that he has to work through as far as his sexuality goes and he is um he only has one arm so that's he's got issues with like people seeing him as disabled even though he's like i'm able to do many of the things other people are and so that book was cute. And then the third book is a character from a case the lawyer worked on. And uh, this book was, um, this one was Earth. They got into um, like a subway accident and they were trapped. I don't remember how long. I don't know if it was like a week or two weeks, but they were trapped um, in like the tunnel collapsed and they were trapped in the subway together just the two of them and they get out and he 
is not really who he thought he was like not who the other guy thought he was like but he still like had fallen in love with him in this time and a matter of them like dealing with those things and it i that that book is full of spoilers if i go any further into that yeah that series definitely definitely a good series the emotions are very intense very very well done um if you want like a really emotional male male series where you could pick and choose any of them that's a really good one for that awesome sounds cute we're gonna dive into the dark side now for me i mean those were not they were pretty dark they weren't really that cute (laughs) uh so i dove into i've talked about vf mason before on the podcast i can't remember when i think it was a while ago though uh she is or yeah she is a dark author she does a lot of like serial killer psychopath dark romances where um the villain gets the girl which is cool uh so i did a ton of reading and i had promised myself i wasn't going to reread a lot of these books because the first time reading them through was really heavy there is a lot of uh pretty graphic child sexual assaults uh flashbacks going on for the main male characters and for some of the female main characters and uh it it hits me hard so i try to stay away from it but i i I love this author so much and they're worth it okay if that's a trigger of yours stay away but if you can uh, get past that. Also, because I had already read a lot of these books, I got to skip past those scenes when I saw them coming because I already knew what happened. So it made it easier for me this time around. So uh, I started off with the Dark Proteges series, which I want to say would be the first. Pretty much all of her books are in this interconnected world. I think she has a couple that aren't, but everything I read was in this interconnected world. And a lot of these characters are very intertwined in one way or another. So the Dark Protégé starts off with uh, Lachlan, who is like the king of the underworld in, I believe it's New York. And um, I didn't read that one, actually. I have before, but I didn't read it this time. And then it's Arson's Captive and Callum's Hell. Um, So... And then Mykonin's Madness. So um, I'm not going to go too into detail, but Arson, Callum, and one other character uh, all come from the same um, background. They, As kids, they were sold or stolen into this like trafficking place where they were um, abused heavily as children and then as teenagers they end up escaping I think they were like uh, between 14 and 15 for these three characters they end up escaping they kind of go their separate ways Uh, one of them goes back home to his family the other two kind of like drift off and um, due to their past they're violent they're not you know the most stable individuals. And then Lachlan finds them and teaches them how to be serial killers, but he has rules. You know, you don't harm women and children if they're innocent. Uh, you, you stay under the radar and you do it correctly, you know, take cover your tracks and, you know, take care of your shit basically. So, uh, anyway, they grow up and they end up falling into obsession of their own. I want you to know though, that like, 
these men in the beginning or middle or end, at some point they treat their heroines very badly. Like I want to say Lachlan is one of the worst with what's he, what he does to uh, his eventual wife. But um, like I, I'm talking like it's it's pretty bad for a good percentage of them. There are very few where they don't do something nasty. Uh, and then so that's those three. Then I read the Four Horsemen series. So this is I think they're the kings of Chicago, boss Chicago, I think. So this is the second series. Only the first two books are out of this, but the first character, Santiago, is actually he's one he was the third character that was put into that house where he was assaulted with Callum and Arson. And uh he and his four best friends from childhood, when he comes back home, they end up committing a murder together, covering it up together, and kind of form this like the four horsemen they become the four horsemen and so they are kind of like the wild dark everybody in town knows who they are and what they do but nobody can call them on it because they're from the three three of them are from like the richest families in the area old money type shit like you can't go against them and then one of them was like the maid for santiago's family's kid and he ends up like growing up now he's like a super successful business uh man and you know, they're just they're, they're the kind of guys you don't fuck with. So Santiago ends up trying to ruin this one man. And so he takes the he takes his daughter. Only there is so many twists and turns. A VF Mason book is like an M. Night Shyamalan movie. Okay. There's like twist turns and all kinds of shit. You're never gonna see it coming. So just bear that in mind. Uh, and then we've got the second one, which is Remy's War. And so once again, he takes a girl and marries her just to destroy somebody else. And um, all of these books do have happy endings, so I want to say that. And then we've got uh, the next generation, I think, is going to start coming out. So... Um, one of the Dark Horsemen, Octavius, has a sister, a little sister. She has her own book. It's the uh, the Professor's Obsession or whatever. Um, and then Lachlan's Daughter was the last book I read. She actually has a duet. And it is the Beauty and the Villain duet. And holy shit. Um Oh my God, just listen, like I said, you have to have your triggers, uh, you know, keep, keep your, keep yourself safe mentally is all I'm saying. If you're going to dive into these books, they're so good. They're so angsty. They're so heart wrenching and just amazing. But that's all I've got. I can't go too far into like real details. They're so interconnected that there's just, and there's so many twists that I don't want to give anything away. So, okay, they sound really good. I might have to go dive into that world. You um, But keeping on the same theme of Marriage of Convenience for Revenge, uh, I read the new Parker S. Huntington, L.J. Shen book, My Dark Romeo. And we've talked about it time and time again. We are huge L.J. Shen fans. We are also Parker S. Huntington fans. So I didn't know that they came out with a book together. Courtney literally told me, on the podcast and I just 
didn't register what she was saying. Anyways, it was fantastic. Basically, they're in the South. I don't remember which... I don't know if it was, like, Georgia or whatever. But um, they... In their community, they're very wealthy. They marry for convenience. They marry on who's going to elevate their status and can provide wealth and status and whatever, blah, blah, blah. So she is contracted to marry this dude, and she goes to this event, and these two guys are there, and they are like the wealthiest of the wealthiest, the most powerful in the room. Everybody wants a piece of them. Everybody wants to talk to them. She's only interested in the fucking cookies that are on the table um, because homegirl likes to eat. Turns out he already had his eyes on her because the dude that she was set to marry is his business rival. So he like concocts a plan to take her, kiss her, and basically like ruin her reputation gets everybody to see it to ruin her reputation because like your fiance is not going to want to marry you now and then your family is going to like this is going to ruin their reputation if you're unwed and it's all very like old-timey um morals (laughs) um but and it's not like an old-timey book it's whatever so he says, well, like, you're you're just going to have to marry me. And, like, tells the dad, like, I'm going to marry her. She's going to be mine. Basically, like, traps her in his house, gilded cage, um, until they eventually fall in love. There is a happy ending. Uh, LJ Shen does, like, my favorite types of arranged marriages. She has another arranged marriage book, The Kiss Thief. And that is one of my all-time favorite arranged marriage books. And when she teamed up with Parker S. Huntington, who, like, absolutely slays the emotions, like, it was just, I mean, LJ Shen does too. Don't get me wrong. She's just a queen, in my opinion. But I was like, holy shit. It was, it was great. This book was one of the, like, longest slow burns. Not as far as heat goes. But as far as like the um, them falling in love, because you get to see it from both aspects, but they like refuse to admit it to each other because they think that the other does. This was the longest slow burn, but just the most amazing. Honestly, I think this is topping the charts of my LJ Shen favorites book just because uh, the battle. I, I loved this book so much. It was, yeah, it was so good. We definitely should have done a read-along. Oh, I wish we had. I wish I had just had the self-control, but once I saw it was out, I was like, what? I, this and I didn't even hear you. I didn't even hear you say that you read it. And I saw that this was out and I was like, sorry, Courtney, I'm reading this. Like, I did not wait for you either. I know. I was like um, halfway through on the, when we were doing, I think it was the midway point of our last read along. And I told her, I was like, I wish that I had waited and we'd done this. And I guess you weren't paying attention. No, I, I actually talked over you. Oh yeah. And so didn't hear it. But this, oh, yeah, I'm a fan. This, and Another thing that LJ Shen does really well, I mean, Parker has Huntington too, but I've just read more LJ Shen books. She has more out, is like the damaged main male character. 
and where they have their own like trauma and things that have happened to them that completely control the way that they are in life in a relationship with sex like and LJ Shen does it so well her main male characters that are damaged are some of my absolute favorite characters ever like Cillian in one of her other books I don't remember oh my god Cillian is Um, amazing I don't remember what book name he had Um, but he's like what absolutely one of my favorite characters of all time. He's one of the Boston Bell series. Yeah, he's in the Boston Bell series. I think he's book two. This character like just gave me like reminiscent vibes of that because he was so broken and had his own issues with sex as well. And it was just, I fucking love that when it's like these big alpha men, (laughs) but like have fucking problems and then they have to work through that with their women. And it's just, I loved it. Mm. It's so sweet. I love it. All right. My next one is What Was Meant to Be by QB Tyler. Uh, I've talked about them before. They do really good forbidden romance. This one is in age gap, parents, best friend slash godfather romance. Um, so the main female character and the main male character, he's been her god, but literally since I think her parents were in college, they all they were best friends. And then he was there the day she was born, one of the first few people to hold her, like the whole shebang. Grew up with her and then he disappeared, I think, for like a year or so in between 17 and 18. So he comes back, she's 18, and uh, he sees her for the first time. And the last time time he saw her, she had like braces and she was scrawny and, you know, hadn't developed. And then uh, she walks in. She's always had kind of a crush on him. So she hits on him. And it starts this whirlwind romance for, I think, like a year, maybe two. And then he walks away. So uh, he tells, he's like, you know, you're too young. You don't know what you want. You're, you know, you're going to college and, you know, da, 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 da. So walks away, breaks her heart, leaves and goes to Mexico to do, I think it's like Doctors Without Borders or something. He's like a high profile surgeon. Three years later, she is now engaged to another man and here's the thing i hate cheating stories i hate cheating so much i think it's just it's vile i don't like it i don't i don't like reading it i don't like anything about it but i went in on this book and i don't mind it necessarily if it's like one of those things where it's like they break up within the first few chapters and then that's where the cheating lies like it's like just a kiss and then they break up this did not happen in this book this went so far anyway So, uh, Jacob, the main male character, he finds out that she is engaged and he's like, oh, hell no. And he comes back, claim his girl. But the problem is nobody knew about them. They had been keeping a secret, their relationship a secret when she was younger, obviously, because he's twice her age. And so, uh, Also, you know, she's engaged. So he comes back. She's kind of, like, determined to not do anything bad. She doesn't love her fiancé, though. Like, she just kind of said yes because he proposed. And she was like, what was I supposed to do? Say no? Like, I live with him. That's kind of just what you do. So, um, 
but they don't really love each other. He had already, the fiance had previously cheated on her, but he like locked her down. Like he put cameras all over the house and like tracks when she gets in, when she leaves, how long she's gone. Um, um, I think he like tracks her phone too. I don't remember if it was that exactly or whatever, but like, and he's always calling her, you know, he doesn't like when she goes out with her cousin, who's her best friend to go out and drink for the night. It's it's a whole thing. He's he's not the greatest. But anyway, so partway into the story after he comes, character comes back, they kind of just fall into it all over again. She never got over him. And he's like, I knew you would wait like you're it for me. I'm it for you. I figured you'd wait. I come back when you were a little older and more sure of yourself. And she's like, that was an unrealistic expectation. You can't just expect me to wait when you told me to move on three years ago. But they get back together and she keeps trying to break up with her fiance. So he's out of town when her and the Minmill character get back together. Then there's an accident and he's in the hospital and she just keeps trying and keeps trying. And I'm not going to go much further than that. They do eventually break up, though, I will say. It doesn't happy. There's a lot, though, that goes on, especially, you know, with obviously the parents' reactions and the family and all of that. But it's a beautiful, forbidden romance, I will say. That I enjoyed it. so good. It is. You should read it. I love QB Tyler. If I want, like, a spicy, uh, forbidden romance, I'll go there. I might have to. Okay, so my... Next one, I read two books by Megan Quinn. I had to stop myself because I was like, I'm going to have to go into the March favorites with two authors um, because I was about to go down a whole rabbit hole Megan Megan Quinn. So the first one I read was A Long Time Coming, which is, it's not like technically a series, but so many of her books are interconnected. So you kind of have to like, look and see what you are reading it's let let me just find which one okay so it follows after a not so meet cute and so not meant to be it's the brothers so this is the youngest brother's book and he has a best friend and they've been best friends since college they bonded over you know, all things nerdy and whatever, and they have one of those best friend relationships where they're just, like, overly close. But they don't talk about, like, relationships or sex or anything like that with each other. Um, He knows that she's been in a relationship, and, um, but, like, they don't, they, they truly believe that they have, like, platonic feelings for each other, so it's not that big of a deal. And um, she's in a relationship with this guy, and they get engaged and it was kind of like Courtney's last book it was kind of one of those like what am I supposed to do say no like we've been together and whatever and uh so she goes with him to meet with his mother and the mother's like we're getting like we're um gonna have the wedding in five weeks and it's gonna be here and we're gonna do this and that and the mother is just like a psychopath she has money and she is just like one of those very privileged characters where you know everything has to be her way all the time and blah 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 not a nice woman so she asks her best friend 
hey, will you come with me to all of the meetings that I have with my mother-in-law so that we can um, plan this wedding and like still have some of my input in it because she's just going to railroad me if I don't have somebody standing up for me. And like he's a billionaire, so his opinion matters more than hers and blah, 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 like to the mom. And so they are going and he sees her in her wedding dress and everything just clicks for him. And then it's a matter of, well, what am I going to do? How am I going to stop her from marrying this guy and convince her that she should be with me instead? And it it's so cute, so good. Um, I fucking love Megan Quinn. And she's one of those authors that, like, her covers are so cutesy that I forget to read them sometimes. <laughs> And I'm just like, oh, yeah, that's just a rom-com, like, whatever. And there's some humor aspects in them, but they're not just straight rom-com. Like, there's a lot of depth to her books. And I forget that every now and then until I pick up another Megan Quinn book. And I'm like, holy shit, I forgot. I fucking love this author. So, yeah, that was a long time coming. And then I also read Untying the Knot, which was a lot more (laughs) emotional. Than I thought it was gonna be. Um, so they're like these characters are side characters in the other books, but the main female character and the main male character meet in I don't know if they were in college or not. I feel like not, but they were around that age. And no, I don't think they were in college, but they were like college age. And they get, like, linked up on Instagram and kind of message back and forth. They run into each other again, and he gets called up to Major League Baseball while they're together, and he just runs off and moves to Chicago. And so she's pretty jaded, and she's like, that's fine. Like, I didn't want to be in a relationship, period, anyways. Like... You're just some guy I've met a couple times, you know, but he like always thought about her. Years later, he's in Chicago playing for the major leagues and she had actually moved to Chicago and just never told him. They run into each other again at trivia night and he decides I'm not letting her go this time and starts chasing her and they get married. So the book kind of flashes between like present time and the past. So all of that happened in the past and in present time, it's years later and she is unhappy in their marriage and she asks him for a divorce and he is like, I love my wife. I do not want to let her go. I can't. I can't go through with this. So he like concocts a plan and he's like, our friends who their book is so not meant to be, um, (laughs) our friends are getting married And can you just wait three weeks and we'll go to the wedding and we'll pretend like everything's fine and everything is still together. And then afterwards, if you still want the divorce, like I'll give you the divorce. It just turns into like this 
fucking rivalry between them where they're just doing all the most petty shit to each other to try to piss each other off and get a leg up on the other one during this three weeks that they're living together still. And she had moved down to the guest room and they just are at each other's throats basically the whole time. And he's like, I'm, of course I'm fucking mad. Like she just sprung a divorce on me out of nowhere. And she's like, if you think it was out of nowhere, where the fuck have you been? Like, I haven't been happy for months. So anyways, it gets finally brought to a head and she tells him, well, this is why I asked you for the divorce and just like lays out all these things that she feels he's done wrong. And he was just crushed by it and was like, fine, I'll fucking sign your divorce papers. And like, I'm, I'm really sorry. And then they end up going to the wedding anyways. It's just, ugh. it was so good. If you've ever been at that point in a relationship where it's like, you think this is it, this is the moment it's going to break. Like this is the whole book basically is right on that like precipice of she's just fucking done and he doesn't understand why. And like, Oh, it was it was so so good. There was a lot more depth to it than I was expecting from the cutesy fucking cover. <laughs> yeah, I see. That's my problem. Is I I know you're not supposed to, but I judge books by their cover all the time. Megan Quinn is not the author to judge I by know. her cover. No, I've read Megan like, Quinn have- before. I haven't in so long, just because. I judge her by her covers, but I I think I might have to get back into it. She is she's another one that's just an incredible fucking author. Like, and yeah, they have like rom com esque vibes to them, but that's not all they are. Like, they have the characters have depth, they have feelings, they have you know breakups and get backs together's and all the things, and they're just oh, I love it. Oh, I'll have to get into it. All right. My next author is Kara D. I have two books. Um, I'm going to start with Just Sign Here. It's part of the Kamasia Cove universe. So there's 12 books, but they're, from what the author says, they're complete standalones. I think. Wait. How is this series? So you've only read one book but I think in this, this series? Is, uh, but it's book 12 of 16. But I, I absolutely, this particular book, I, I loved it so much. Because I have been wanting to dive into that series. I think I'm you going know, to now. Um, I don't know if this is all male-male, the entire series. Um, because she does have male-female. It looks like... <sighs> I can't tell. I think it might be a mixture. She has exclusively right, like male, male or male, male. Plus. No, she also but she's so male. fucking good at it. So good. I've been debating on jumping into that. No, Sorry. it looks like Go there's ahead. male, female here. Okay, so anyway, this is book 12. Like I said, I'm, I want to see that the um, there were some characters in here that I feel like could have been characters that were in the series, but they were mentioned so quickly in passing that like they're complete standalones. You can not, you don't have to read an order or anything like that. So anyway, this is a uh, standalone, or sorry, not a standalone, but this is a um, single dad, daddy romance. So the single dad, daddy part is separate from the daddy, daddy. (laughs) Anyway, so uh, this billionaire hotel magnet guy, the first main male character, he, he has a daughter. She's almost three. 
and he cannot like just he doesn't know how to handle her because she's in anybody out there if you guys have kids you guys know the toddler stages it's rough okay and um i saw my kids in this kid um but he just he doesn't know what to do with the tantrums and all of that so he uh, he travels a lot for work and he takes her with him because he, you know, he wants to enjoy time with her, but, you know, he knows that it's taking her away from her routine and stuff like that. So anyway, he's getting in the car and he hears this, like, I think it's like a mom, mommy talk show, whatever podcast thing. And or I think it's a radio segment, whatever. Anyway, so he hears and they end up bringing on this guy and he, uh, he had raised his sister from the time she was like a year old until she was seven alone when he was 19, I think, is when he got her and got custody. And so he was super honest about it. He was like, you know, raising kids is fucking hard. Like everybody glorifies all you see on Facebook is, you know, the the beautiful pictures and the all put together and all of the messes and tantrums are swept under the rug. And he's like, that's not what you should be doing. We should all be, you know, coming together and, you know, talking about that part because that's real. And um, other, the main male character is like, get this guy, find out where he is. I need to see him because he wants him to be the nanny or for his daughter. And so... He gets his information. He's like an office manager at a hotel and he offers him a deal. He says, if you come be uh, during the day, you're going to be my assistant and my hand man. And then at night and in the mornings, like you're going to take care of my daughter. So, um, but he knows he's attracted to him instantly. He's like, oh shit. Uh, one thing I love about Carrie D is this is a, a little daddy book, but uh, the little is 33. So like he's older. And I love how Carrie D does that. She doesn't age exclude where it's just younger littles and older men as daddies. You know, I, I just love that about her. I just wanted to throw that in. Yeah. I was just going to say like, she doesn't exclude like any aspect of things because she has a book where the daddy is submissive. Like, yes. And the younger guy is the dominant boy. Like it's just like, not crazy because I'm sure there are dynamics like that, but you don't see that often in books. Like usually books are pretty rigid on like the daddy is dominant and, you know, things like that. And it's just she is she's just a, a wonderful author. We love Cara D. So amazing. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so to jump back in, uh, as they're going around, he's flirting. So the older main male character, the daddy is flirting. He's trying to kind of feel him out at first. And the younger one is receptive to it. He's kind of like, he doesn't really have a whole lot of sure footing. But as the story goes on, you know, obviously the younger guy, he starts getting attached to the little girl and getting attached to the daddy. And um, it, oh, the steam is slow building in this one. Holy shit. Like just the teasing and the, the touches and all of that it was oh it was so amazing it does end with a happy ending it's so cute i loved 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 this book and i'm probably going to hop in and read the entire series now um and then my next one is prowl which is part two of the last of um 
It's Ty, Lane, Macklin, and Walker's story. Woo-hoo. So we talk about the game every yeah. month, pretty much. <laughs> At least. So we love Kara D. So much. So much. You'll be hearing every time Kara D has a book that we like come out, you'll hear about it. Now, this one was the end of Macklin and Walker's story and Ty and Lane's story. I was a little confused with the way it was going towards the end because I thought that there was going to be another character introduced, but there is not. No? Damn it, you just spoiled it for me. The next book book is going to be that. (gasps) Okay, Mm. I'm excited. And obviously, so all of these characters fuck with each other. Like, Well, most of them. So, I mean, it's not like you're not going to see kinky fuckery happening between two characters just because they're not, like, in a dynamic together. So, you can't get, like, you can't get attached to the idea of two characters potentially, like, being together and having a dynamic together because she may switch that shit up. So fast. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, Kelsey. I didn't mean to spoil it. It's super good, though, still. (laughs) Anyway, so, uh, it's... I think we left off with they had all come back from Florida. Uh, If you missed part one of this book, go back to our January favorites. I think it was when this book came out. And that's where we talk about it. They were still in Florida. They were getting ready to leave Florida when this book started. Okay, yeah. So uh, they leave Florida. They come back. And what happened is Lane and Ty, two of the characters... Lane had previously dated Ty's daughter when he was like, I think like 14 or so. I like young teenagers. I think it only lasted for like two weeks. I don't think they were that young. I think they were like 14 or 15. Mm, I think they were like, I'm, I might be wrong, but I thought they were a little older than that. I don't know. Maybe he was 16 and she was 15 because she's a year younger. But. They were pretty young. Anyway. (laughs) So it only lasted for like, I think it was two weeks, they said. And they didn't do very much more than like handhold and kiss. But then Lane meets Ty, uh, the daughter's dad. And he has this awakening. And he's like, oh shit, I'm gay. So he breaks it off with the girl. Doesn't ever, I don't think they really see each other too much after that, if at all. And um, life goes on. So. Fast forward, he meets the guy, and Lane, or sorry, Ty has been constantly trying to figure, he's like, do I know you the whole time they're in Florida? He's like, I feel like I know you from somewhere. And Lane is brushing it off. He's like, nope, 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 because he doesn't want to say anything to Ty and be like, hey, oh, I dated your daughter, you know, because he knows that Ty would not go for it if he just kind of spilled the beans. He's like, I just want this one magical week, finally get, like, my first my first male crush and you know my fantasy and then i will step out uh now also cara d's dynamics are crazy weird so lane is also dating macklin and in book one macklin's husband who is estranged for years comes back into the picture they kind of get back together but in book two it's still nothing is really super resolved yet so they're still having to fight through like old insecurities and jealousies and trying to figure out like different boundaries and communication because they keep kind of running into the same problems where it's like they're either too closed off, too open. They're trying to just fight through all of the things that are happening. Also, this book doesn't really have a whole game thing ha- theme in this one. I think there is like a game event 
but it's not like a real event. It, um, it's, it's like a picture thing, but, uh, anyway, it was so fucking cute and sweet. There was epilogues and oh my God, I'm, I'm so in love. I loved it so much. I loved seeing the happily ever afters or happily for now ever afters down the road. And uh, I want to preview. So I read the author's note. The next game book. Okay, so the next book is, I'm going to spoil a little bit for Kelsey here, but she'll be fine. She'll live. The next book is going to be, um, if you read book one or book two, you know that uh, Macklin has a little bit of crush on Walker's adopted brother. Walker and his adopted brother used to fuck around. Haven't for years. But um, anyway, it's Walker's brother, Dean, his next book. And the next game, Dean is a professor. And one of his students is a guy from the community. We've seen him a couple times. He hasn't really been involved a whole lot. But um, the next game theme is professor student. Mm. Teacher student. And holy shit, I love that kink. I don't really like it when it's like high school teacher and student. But professor student, I have a weakness <laughs> for it i like dean that's exciting i'm glad he's gonna get his own book me too i really thought that he was gonna be introduced in macklin and them's dynamic i mean i'm not saying that it won't happen with them messing around but um i don't i don't necessarily think he's gonna be added to the dynamic no, I don't. The think so. epilogue for this one is, I think, like a year or so in the future. Oh yeah, he would have been added then by then. Yeah. Cool. Um. Oh, it's my turn. Um. Okay. So the last one that I read was, um, "The Devil of Dublin" by BB Easton. Courtney's already gone over this book. I just wanted to reiterate that it was really good. It is kind of a suspend belief situation on the plot. But the emotions are there. It was um, just a quick, quick recap. Because like I said, Courtney's already talked about this book, I think, in the last one. She goes during the summers to visit her grandpa. Her grandpa tells her there are fairies in the woods. Just stay away from the low or lake or however. I don't, I don't know how low is pronounced in Gaelic. Uh, but stay away from the lake and don't go to the other side of the lake because there's a witch that lives there and there's a spirit in the lake. And if you make her angry, you have to give her gifts and like quick, just like run down for a child's brain. But there's fairies in the woods. And if you're very quiet, you might see a fairy and you need to bring them snacks. So he gives her cookies to bring to the fairy and she's walking through the woods here fairy fairy you know and she comes across this little broken down cottage and inside the cottage there is a boy and he is like obviously scared and not well and he doesn't speak and she thinks i've found a fairy because when their hands touch she feels magic and whatever so Every year, she comes back to Ireland and goes into the woods and spends time with her fairy. And he is known in town for being like the son of the devil. And he's raised by this priest who abuses him. And things are just not, not good in his life. But the little bit of 
brightness that he does have is Darby coming to see him every summer. And so that goes on. Stuff happens in Darby's life. And she is not able to come for a few years. And he kind of like loses it. And he decides for the first time in his life to stand up for himself. And he kills the priest. And he takes off. And he ends up in um, the United Irish Brotherhood, I think is what it's called. The UIB. Um, and he ends up as like their hitman. So Darby finally has to come back for some family things years down the line and the things just happen. All right. Things happen. And that's like where you kind of have to start suspending belief because not all of it makes a lick of fucking sense, but it doesn't really need to because the book is more focused on the emotional aspect of things than the plot. So I don't know. You know we're weird about like plot and making sense and shit, but like every other aspect of this book was so good that it wasn't really necessary. It didn't have to in this book. I will suspend every ounce of belief for this book alone. Well, maybe not this book alone, but for this one, oh, so good. Yeah, the emotions were great. That was my last one. Okay, um, I have one more. I'm just going to briefly touch on it. I'm not going to go into a full description because it's uh, very short and also it's only book one. But I do want to put it out there because it's so beautiful. Well, the ending is so beautiful and sad and heart-wrenching. Um, anyway, so uh, it's called Kiss of Death by Alice Wilde. And it's a Tempting the Fates series. Book one is um, out. Book two I don't think is out yet. Um, it can't be because I haven't read it. So uh, this girl has really, really horrible life, kind of Cinderella story thing. Mom dies, stepmom, two stepbrothers move in. And uh, stepmother beats the crap out of her like every day. Her dad's gone traveling a lot. Dad gets sick and is about to die. The stepbrother, one of the stepbrothers is super cruel. The other one's, uh, eh, I guess, indifferent for a good portion of it would be the correct thing. Anyway, so she runs away to try to find a way to save her father and also because the stepmother is trying to marry her off to a super cruel evil man. Uh, she ends up finding this guy called the Bargainer. Uh, he is death. Yeah. Um, and he takes her in and he says, if you enter this bargain, like, I can save your father's life, but it's a life for a life. So you'll stay here for like a month and then uh, I'll take your life, save your father, he'll be healed. So she says, yes, automatically. She doesn't really have a whole lot to live for except for her father. And, you know, him dying would be worst case scenario for her. So uh, death is intrigued by her. He doesn't really like mortals, thinks they're kind of useless, which, you know, same. But he ends up kind of just, he's so intrigued by this little mortal and kind of starts like falling and having feelings. And she starts falling and having feelings. But a deal is a deal. He cannot go against it. Neither can she. So uh, the ending to this book was super, super sad. Um, I don't, I feel, I'm just going to say it. We all know it's coming. This is only the first of a series. Obviously, it doesn't, what happens doesn't stay happening, if that makes sense. Um, the last day of their deal, he ends up taking her, uh, like, to do everything that she's wanted to do. Like, this whole month, he's tried to treasure her and give her everything she's wanted to, you know, just make the last days 
the best she can have. And um, the very last time he, she asked to see his real face because he kind of keeps himself cloaked in shadows. And then he kisses her and she dies. And uh, yeah, book two, I don't know. It was super, super heart-wrenching. But I needed to put it out there because it was some of the most beautiful. It was one of those flower writing kind of things, but it was so beautiful. And I loved it. That does sound fucking sad. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, that's all we have. That's that's March for you. Yeah. It's not that we didn't read. It's just that we read so many of the same authors. I mean, I don't know. I think we have a lot of books on here still. Um, yeah, we did. I, I think March was a good month. I liked all the books I read this month. I think this was the first month in a very long time that you've read a good amount like that you've read male female more than at least i one. haven't read male female in a long time unless it's for the read-along yeah <laughs> yeah but i uh i was in a mood i don't know i switched over good it was good I think it was the lj shin i fucking love lj shin <laughs> um okay anyway so thanks for listening and uh next week we are doing a read-along and we haven't decided if we're doing little bird lost or not at all so just uh It'll be a surprise. We're either doing that or a Sarah Kate book. So, all right. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye.